Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. Lots to talk about on today's show. Chicago sports is in shambles. Uh, Bears suck. Uh, Another classic Bears Monday night loss. Uh, In in such Bears fashion, 1913 to the Minnesota Vikings. uh, Now losing four in a row. Uh, Nick Foles is dead. Uh, Well, I guess he's not uh, naggy said that he's probably fine. Uh, so no Trubisky. You know, it's so sad that everyone's hoping for Trubisky back. So that's a shit show. Theo Epstein is now gone from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, nine years on the squad. Uh, is now looking for future endeavors. Not right away, so he says in the press conference. Uh, so where's he going to end up? Will he still have a career in baseball? Tony La Russa, fresh off a of DUI. Uh, you know, I came out on the podcast uh, last couple weeks defending him. Kind of hard to do that now uh, as it was now reported that he had a DUI uh, last February uh, and he was mouthing off to the cop. <laughs> so th- not a good look for the White Sox. The only... Can the the NBA draft is tonight? Uh, can the Bulls save Chicago with a good draft? Uh, lots of trade discussions involving multiple Bulls players. So... Juicy stuff there. And, of course, we have our Week 10 Ficked Cup overview along with a Week 11 preview. Let's get to it. So I wanted to dedicate this episode of the Riddle Me That podcast to Chicago sports. Wasn't really planning on it. Uh, Besides the Bears, that was a scheduled shit show that was on our calendar for way too long. But the information... About La Russa with the DUI. Uh, that came out of nowhere. Theo Epstein just packing his bags and saying adios. I mean, that was just... I did not see that coming. Uh, you know, he's been there nine years, which I couldn't believe either. That's way longer than I thought. I feel like he just got here like three years ago. But yeah, Cubs are definitely heading towards probably another rebuild. So he obviously doesn't, you know want to commit to another 10 years to get another championship. You know, he did his job in Chicago, so I, I understand uh, his decision. You know, it actually makes sense. I, you know, it, it was definitely, you know, caught me a bit off guard, but I mean, oh, I mean, he's done that for 10 years. He won a championship. You know, it's the second time he's done that. First with the Red Sox, now with the Cubs. So, you know, he'll probably go somewhere else, but for the time being, you know, he's he's going to chill. You know, and it's, especially during COVID, uh, you know, why not? You know, it's a perfect time to, you know, spend time with your family. You know, you can't do anything else. Uh, so he'll definitely, you know, give them a year or two uh, to overthink or not overthink, but, you know, think things through on how he wants to pursue the rest of his career. And he'll be back. He's not going anywhere. But just like that, also, the, the Bulls uh, are making draft or trying to make draft acquisitions. 
you know, via trade, you know, Wendell Carter is apparently been offered to the Warriors, uh, you know, the, for the number two pick. So the Bulls would send their number four pick and Wendell to the Warriors to move up two spots. Uh, and then the Warriors would take Wendell and then take the fourth pick. I, you know, this kind of reminds me of the Bears, um, you know, when they trade up a couple spots for Trubisky. Now, granted, the the Bulls would be drafting, you know, probably James Wiseman, you know, who's a stud, you know, only played a few college games at Memphis. But, I mean, in those games, he looked amazing. You know, he obviously has a good track record in high school. He's highly scouted. You know, Bulls, you know, giving up Wendell Carter would, you know, that would push James Wiseman, James Wiseman right into uh, the heart of that lineup. So, I like that, you know. I know, you know, limited about James Wiseman, uh, but he's a, you know, I feel more comfortable getting him than the Bears did getting Trubisky. You know, that, that wasn't really sexy, per se. The Bulls moving up to get Wiseman, now that would be, that's something that I could live with uh, because Wiseman's a guy that, you know, you put him on your team, and, he, and he's an instant factor. He's big, he's athletic. That also scares me, though, you know, I've seen a lot of, Athletic, you know, top three picks not make it out. You know, Greg Oden, you know, that's probably the biggest one, you know, going to Portland. And, yeah, his knees just weren't cut off. But different position. I mean, I similar position, but, you know, different type of play style uh, for Wiseman. You know, Oden, you know, is more kind of remind me of like a Tim Duncan. You know, where Tim Duncan's athletic. You know, he can slam it down. But, you know, his, his knees were always a problem. And, you know, he's not... You know, flying out of the gym. Wiseman's flying out of the gym. That that's a bad man. So I, I you know, it'd be sad to see Wendell Carter go. He's the one Bulls jersey I have. I don't know why I picked his jersey in the first place. You know, it was kind of just one of those jerseys where I'm like, no one else is gonna have a Wendell Carter Bulls jersey. Uh, still looks fly. You know, I'm still gonna wear it regardless of Wendell stays. But kind of sucks that I get his jersey uh, last year and then he gets traded. But if it helps the Bulls move in the right direction, which they already are doing with hiring. Uh, the new GM from Denver. Uh, we got Billy Donovan as our new head coach uh, from, from Oklahoma City, who the players love, has, has had a great tenure in the NBA with the Thunder. Uh, used to be the Florida Gators head coach. Shout out Kyle Coughlin. My roommate is the biggest Florida Gators fan I've ever seen. So he's stoked with Billy Donovan on the Bulls. Me and Coughlin are probably, you know, two of the biggest Bulls fans I know. I know for... Who else is Bulls fans that are my close friends? And, you know, shout out John Elsie. You know, can't, can't leave out Elsie there. Uh, but you know who you are if you're a Bulls trooper. And we, you know, there hasn't been anything to talk about for so long on the Bulls. You know, I can't wait till the Bulls get started so I can talk about them on the podcast. There's just been no news up until right now. Because now, with new management, it's already showing, you know, they're making, you know, they're trying to involve players like, you know, I've heard that Z- that the 76ers are interested in Zach Levine. Why not trade Zach Levine for draft picks and maybe a decent player? I mean, he's not going to be part of the I, – I don't know if he can't. I mean, he is our best player on our team. But he obviously, you know, with the Bulls roster they have right now, I don't know if he fits directly with what they're trying to do. You know, he's very ball dominant, you know, needs to get his points, which is fine. But it sucks when you see him – you know, he'll put up 50 points, and they still lose. And I'm not putting that on Levine. I just think that, you know, he's ready to win championship right now. 
you know, he's getting to that point where he's about his, you know, sixty fifth, sixth year in the NBA. You know, he's trying to win. And, you know, I think it'd be good for both parties. We trade him to a contending team and we get draft picks and, you know, maybe a player or two back that, you know, could help us uh, move in the right direction. The Bulls right now, they're obviously, you know, they've been rebuilt for a little while now. I think they're kind of, you know, I compare them to the White Sox a little bit. You know, the White Sox didn't get new management, but the Bulls did. And they're already, you know, just by the way they're going about this draft, I already feel more comfortable. You know, time will tell. We'll see who they, you know, what they end up doing by the end of the night. And I'll have, you know, an analysis next week. But right now, I'm like, okay, you know, I like the direction of what this management and Billy Donovan are already doing. You know, just having people like the Bulls coach and Billy Donovan means so much to me because, you know, Having Jim Boylan, no one liked Jim Boylan last year. You know, Fred Hoiberg, you know, kind of guys that are like, eh, no one really cares about. Billy Donovan's a stud. And, you know, I've read articles on him. You know, he works his players hard, uh, but knows how to, like, connect them with each other. And, is, you know, they're a family, a team. And not every coach can do that. And, you know, just based off the, the rosters that Billy Donovan has had in, in Oklahoma City, you know, especially last year, I'm thinking, you know, post-Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. But with... uh you know, Chris Paul, Shea Gillis-Alexander, you know, he made that team into a freaking good team. They almost upset the Rockets in the first round of the playoffs. So I, I've i seen everything I needed to see on Billy Donovan uh, to show that he's going to help push the Bulls into the playoffs and hopefully compete for a championship. But obviously they're not going to do that um, in, you know, the next year or two. But, you know, by next year, maybe they can be a playoff contending team. Maybe even this year, you know, somehow be relevant, you know, for that playoff hunt, you know, and then in two or three years from now being like, okay, you know, we're trying to go after a superstar uh, and, you know, and maybe that's even next year, you know, after the, if the Bulls draft Wiseman or a stud, you know, and, and he's good this year and, and the Bulls have promised that's going to attract, you know, and Billy Donovan does a good job. That's going to, you know, attract a lot of, you know, superstars that would want to play with the Bulls, which will, that's how you, you know, try to win a championship right there is you, you draft a core of two or three guys, you know, Kobe White, whoever they draft this year, uh, go back a couple years to marketing, you know, this would be great for marketing, who had a really down year last year, you know, because he was good his first year, we know he can play, but obviously last year, you know, it was tough with how the Bulls were, uh, ran with, you know, Boylan and their old management, and, you know, the team wasn't that into it, so you know what, this could be great for him, you know, and then you go get a stud, so the Bulls are a couple years away from really, I feel like, uh, being able to be like, all right, we're going to go for a championship, which is, it's it's been too long in Chicago. Uh, but you know what? That takes me into my next point of the Chicago White Sox, where, you know, now we're competing. You know, congrats to Jose Abreu winning the AL MVP. Unbelievable. It was hard, you know, he was a, definitely a front runner, but it was close. You know, he definitely, you know, he won 23 out of the 30 votes, you know, unanimous votes. Uh, and so that was like, okay, you know, he dominated. But, you know, I wasn't sure he was going to win, you know. You had Jose Ramirez, uh, Scott Bieber, who or Shane Bieber, uh, who he won the Cy Young. So I think that they're like, okay, we're not going to give this guy the Cy Young and the MVP. So Abreu definitely, you know, he was first or second. You know, he was first in three or four of the major categories and also second in two of them. So I I applaud for what he did for this team. You know, huge leader on this team. Kind of crazy that you know he's already in his thirties. You know, he came here when he was like twenty six, I believe, and and. and just like that, he's been here for six, seven years. So, you know, crazy to think that 
now he's winning MVP. You know, some people thought that he was on the decline. You know, they're like, oh, are the Sox going to trade a Brave? Thank God they didn't. They kept him. And now they have this young core growing into a playoff. You know, made the playoffs this year. It was a tough exit against the Oakland A's. You know, hard to see that happen. But they're moving in the right direction. Until I thought. Because now they hire a guy in Tony freaking LaRusa, who, for whatever reason, I'm backing this guy up the last couple weeks. And then he comes in with this BS. Oh, man, he's just like this. This BS freaking incident with the DUI where, you know, he gets a DUI and then to try to get out of it, he flashes his ring to the police being like, you know, I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer. Like, you know, you're, you're making a wrong decision. But basically saying since I'm, you know, a, a Hall of Fame coach that I'm, you know, above the law, which is just, you know, yeah, people get away with that, unfortunately, because they have that status, but finding out that he said that makes him look like a real idiot. And it makes the White Sox look really stupid too. They they obviously, to our knowledge, weren't aware of the situation. So who but who knows if, if Reinsdorf knew and just said, fuck it, you know, Lewis is our guy. But then you know, it, it was last February, and now it's coming out like a week or two after they signed him, where he was already heavily, you know, debated if he would be the right man for the job, you know, if he's too old, you know, if he's going to not be able to mesh with his young players, you know, and their intensity and their, you know, but they all, you know, like their shenanigans, you know, because they like to have fun. Uh, also that, you know, they're all Cuban, you know, too, for the most part. And so, you know, having, you know, I was a fan of letting Ricky Renteria go, but, you know, having that, you know, connection with the players, you know, I always liked, you know, LaRusa, you know, who knows, you know, I was saying, you know, how he, that he won't tolerate any nonsense, which I believe is fine as a coach. You know, he, you know, he's there to win. Uh, and, and so are his players. His players are there to win too. But obviously, you know, there's an age disconnect that people are assuming will happen. But I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because, you know what, he is a proven winner as a manager. He did with the Cardinals. You know, he's, you know he obviously has relations with the owner, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. He also can, you know, but I, I, I can also see why people think that is a bad thing because, you know, he's just doing him a solid or you know what. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I think this is going to be a good fit. And you know what? It still could be a good fit. Nothing's happened. No, There's been no training camp yet. There's been nothing that's happened between him and the players. You know, there's all just assumptions right now. So, for, yeah, it's same for me. I'm just assuming that, you know, this, this DUI might affect the way the Sox go about this. Like, will he be the manager on opening day? That's going to be a debate. And I think, yeah, he probably will be. I think this gets, you know, flushed away. But who knows how long his stint will be on the White Sox. I have no idea. I hope, for for God's sake, that it goes great. Because I don't want this to be the reason that the Sox, you know, go to the wrong direction. Because their manager. Like, come on. I, I was never, you know, a person saying that, oh, we need A.J. Hinch. You know, he's the guy. But, of course, the Tigers go and snag him right after we sign La Russa. And it makes me think, damn, was that our guy? You know, I don't know too much about him. You know, obviously, he was the Astros coach, and the whole cheating scandal happened. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those debates. Is he a good coach, or, you know, is he brought to success strictly by the players? I, I think he's a good coach. You know, I've actually heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, and it would suck to really see the Tigers just strive with Hinch. And then uh, and the White Sox just... Hitting the shitter because Larusa is just 
garbage. I don't know, you know, I think baseball is one of those sports where players do, you know, most of the work, you know, yeah, the managers set the lineups, they make key pitching decisions, you know, when the time is come in the playoffs. But yeah, you know, it's hard for me to know what exactly a baseball manager, you know, how they make a team better, like behind the scenes. You know, I think that's just, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, the relationships with the players, which as a fan, we'll never know how they really are because we're not there. But there has to be, you know, other things. I, I would love to know what it takes to be a successful manager when it's not, you know, just because you have a superstar team. Uh, so, you know, it's hard for me to even sit here and be like, oh, you know, this is a good move for so-and-so. Like, you know, the White Sox getting Larissa or, or it's a bad move because of the DUI. Most likely, the DUI will have no effect on how the season plays out. But what it shows is character. And, you know, so if he if other things start popping up, you know, during the season that he's being called out on, either by the media or by the players, it's just going to show, you know, we're going to go back to this moment right now and be like, oh, well, Remember when the White Sox brought up that Tony La Russa has a DUI? You know, that was a big deal. All that, you know, that really showed the, that the White Sox shouldn't have brought this through. You know, they still have time to get rid of him. I don't think they will. Uh, at this point, you know, I don't even know who else is out there. So, at this point, you just have to stick with the La Russa signing. But it's scary. It's definitely fucking scary. Riddle's rant of the week. My riddle's rant of the week. It was going to go to Tony La Russa, but I've talked a lot about La Russa lately, and I'm kind of done talking about him. Uh, I'm tired of it, so we're definitely changing it to the Chicago Bears, who I mentioned earlier, who just suck. You know, they started off with such a promising 5-1 start, having no expectations this year, really, you know, making a statement, being like, hey, you know, we were predicted last in our conference, but here we are, 5-1, ready to compete for the playoffs. Well... Now they've lost four straight uh, with pretty much having the worst offense in the league. No, not probably. They have had the worst offense in the league. You know, It's so bad that people are asking to get Trubisky back, who's actually hurt from playing one snap the other week. You know, he was on the injury reports. So I was like, oh, great. You know, who are we going to go to now? Uh, but apparently Nick Foles is fine. So, you know, we don't have to, you know, hope to get Trubisky back because he's going to be starting. But... It's really bad. I mean, yesterday, having a lead on the Vikings, playing a very solid uh, first three, you know, not not three quarters, first first two quarters and the first play out of uh, halftime being the Bears having a kickoff return touchdown with Cordell Patterson. But then you knew it was just too good to be true. Uh, you know, they p- put a graphic up in the second half of the game showing how the Bears – on all five drives of the second half, they had a combined, I think it was like five yards. You know, they, it was like punt, punt, pick, punt. You know, it was it was awful. And the Vikings weren't, you know, we let them off the hook. This is a Vikings team. That, yeah, they, you know, they won two in a row going into that game. They really needed this game, you know, with Dalvin Cook surging as the best running back in the league. But we stopped Dalvin. You know, we contained Dalvin. Uh, you know who we didn't contain? Kirk Cousins. God, he you know he was looking for his first Monday night win. He was zero and nine on Monday night football, uh, but it was a it was too bad because you know he got his first win. 
You know, because Nick Foles, of course, was 0-2 against the Minnesota Vikings all time. So you knew one of the bubbles had to burst, and it was Kirk Cousins' 0-9 streak. Uh, I, I really don't like that guy. I don't really have much of an opinion. Uh, until recently, you know, with COVID, you know, he goes out in the air and says, you know, if I die, I die. You know, that, and that's the message that he's sending across, you know, to just, you know, people, people that look up to him or, you know, just in general. It just looks kind of bad. So it was like, oh, well, fuck this guy. And then he comes out, you know, you know, the, everyone's putting out, like, these little choir videos of him singing. Of course, you know, he's a little choir boy, and now he's a tough NFL quarterback, you know. The narrative's written for Kirk Cousins. But at the end of the day, I really don't like him, so it kind of sucked just to see the Bears not being able to do anything. If they could do anything at all at the end of the game, you know, or not even at the end of the game, just, just in the second half, they would have won. Uh, you know, hats off to the defense to put a hell of a game. Obviously, you know, if you're on the field too long, you're not going to be able to contain a, an offense that's surging from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so Jefferson and Thielen, you know, had a field day. Thielen having two touchdowns. You know, not a lot of targets, but but Justin Jefferson covered that over 100 yards uh, with almost 10 receptions for him. So good day for the Minnesota wide receivers. Kyle Rudolph had a couple clutch catches down the stretch besides his fumble that he had in the beginning of the game. But overall, just really depressing game for the Bears, which now... I, I saw if they won that game on Monday, they'd have like a f- over fifty percent chance of making the playoffs. Now they have like a twenty percent chance. I I don't want to see the Bears in the playoffs at this point because they haven't. You know they've lost to the Saints, they lost to the Titans, they lost now they lost to the Vikings. You know the the losing the teams. That are all playoff contending teams or the Rams. Oh, don't even get me started on the Rams on the night. Why are the Bears always on prime time? It's just, it's killing me. It's killing all of our moods. You know, just starting the week off with the Bears' shitty performance. Nothing worse than that. Uh, but yeah, you know, they're losing the teams that are, are going to be in the playoffs. They're beating teams that are not going to be in the playoffs. So at the end of the day, Bears, good luck with what you're going to do the rest of the season. It's going to be a rough end of the year GeForce Spotlight of the Week my G4 Spotlight of the Week has to go to my man Kyler Murray for that Hail Mary bomb thrown to DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday to beat the Bills at the last second RIP to whoever had the uh, Cardinals two and a half as they went up by two points, decided to take a knee for the extra points. So, RIP to whoever took that. That is rough stuff. But, back to Kyle Murray. This man, he's on three of my fantasy teams, as I may note. He is winning me my leagues right now. He, he He's unbelievable. You know, probably by doing this, I'm jinxing him right now. So, I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on wood that he's not going to get hurt uh, this season. But, he is, he's, he's so fun to watch. He's. He's the most athletic quarterback in the league. You know, he's taking off, you know, after Lamar Jackson. You know, he's you know, he's having almost an, an identical season as him, if better. Uh, so, you know, he's the future of this league. You know, it's it's great to see DeAndre Hopkins getting some love. That was a sick catch. You know, triple teamed, comes down with it. Only, I think only him could have caught that in the whole league. So, that is a sexy combo out in Arizona right now. They're 6-3. and three. That was a huge win, you know, coming up with a struggling Seattle Seahawks team. Uh, that lost to Arizona in a thrilling game a couple weeks ago. So Arizona's just in thrilling games all season this year. 
so that's going to be an awesome Thursday night battle between the 6-3 and three Cardinals and the 6-3 and three Seahawks. We'll get in, into more of that later. But, yeah, you know, Kyler Murray is the man. DeAndre Hopkins is the man. The Cardinals are going all the way. You heard it here first. For my flick of the week this week, first off, I want to apologize. The last two weeks, I've done Breaking Bad. Uh, I knew I did it last week, and during that segment, I was talking about how I thought that I used it before. Well, I used it the week before, too, so no more Breaking Bad on this show. Uh, The last thing I'll say is I'm on season five uh, on my three-week binge experience, Uh, but I've moved on uh, to a new show, and that's going to be the ninth season of American Horror Story. It just came out, uh, I believe, earlier this week or last week, maybe over the weekend. All I know is that it's on now. Um, it's awesome. It's I'm all, I just started it. You know, I, I'm only a couple episodes in, uh, but it kind of has like some Friday the Thirteenth vibes. You know, it's about these. You know, before taking off to the Olympics, uh, these these five friends. Uh, take on these jobs as camp counselors uh, at the summer camp, which of course has this, you know, insane, uh, scary history. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's not Friday the 13th, but, you know, it definitely has those vibes. So it's cool. You know, it's kind of a throwback to old slasher, uh, you know, films. But at the end of the day, it has its American horror story twists and fucking, you know, crazy things happening all the time. So, if you haven't seen or heard of American Horror Story, uh, you know, each season is different, you know, so it's a different story. Uh, so even if you haven't seen American Horror Story at all, I mean, I recommend watching uh, most of the seasons, but you, you can start this ninth season uh, and be okay without watching uh, the seasons before because even though, yeah, a lot of the same actors play different characters, so that's kind of weird but also cool. Uh, you'll understand what's going on from the beginning because it is a new story. So, American Horror Story, which is titled 1984, the ninth season of the show, I highly recommend. For my bet of the week this week, I'm taking it to the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night. The Cardinals are three-point underdogs, uh, so the Seahawks are three-point favorites. I'm not going to touch that. They both have... The stat I'm looking at here is they have the two best offenses in the league. The over-under right now is at 57 and a half. I'm, I'm terrible at over-unders for the most part, but I'm taking the over in this game. You know, life is too short to take the under, as they always say. I have, you know, players on, you know, I have Murray, I have Metcalf. So, you know, I'm rooting for points all around. It's I First off, you know, just based on, the, on how the last game went and how crazy it was, I don't trust taking either of these. You know, the Seahawks coming off two losses, you know, they're due for a win. So I might, you know, I would love to lean towards Seattle. But at the end of the day, you know, Arizona plus three is so sexy. You know, anytime you get a team like Arizona, you know, plus money line. So it's also tempting to take that. So you know what? I'm not going to take either. I'm taking the over at 57 and a half. Book it. It is now time for my favorite segment on the Riddle Me That podcast. The Fickner Cup Fantasy Football Overview for the best fantasy team in the league. That's right, Chris Kloss. That's right, Anthony Santos. We're coming at you live from Chicago. Beginning into week 10, 
Okay, this was a big week for a lot of teams here. You know, lots of the line these days. Every week is a playoff week, essentially, for most teams. Uh, one loss could send you to the Freak Bowl. One, one win could send you to the Promised Land. Uh, but let's get into the matchups last week. Uh, lots of good ones. Uh, well, I don't know. Lots of interesting ones, to say the least. Uh, and I want to just start with the beatdown that Ethan Holman's fantasy team took to none other than the Sukun Saloons. 139.8 victory over the 89.62 Slimies. Yeah, I'm just going to call you Slimies. If you're in the league, you understand. But the Slimies just couldn't, you know, couldn't find it this week. You know, sucked at having McCaffrey. But Mike Davis didn't do you any justice uh, versus a tough Tampa Bay defense, run defense. McKissick did you well. He he gave you 14 points. But that's not a great sign if McKissick's your highest scoring player besides Ryan Suckup, who gave you 17. So Ryan Suckup was your highest scoring player on last week's team. Now, it's just fun to give you shit, Holman, because you always give me shit, you know, pretty much our, our whole existence. Uh, so it's nice to finally have two fantasy wins over you so far this year. I hope I play you again in the playoffs if you make it for a third-round matchup. Uh, but the Saloons are hot right now, 9-1 and one now on the season. It's been a wild ride so far. You know, I guess technically a smooth ride, but I every week's a new week. Uh, but playing Ethan Holman is so fun, especially when you win. Uh, so, so even though he's saying right now that it doesn't matter, I know it must have, you know, eked him a little bit. I know he had a little bit of hope going into it, but, you know, he, you know, we we did FaceTime. You know, he's probably not watching this because he lost, so so he never listens to a podcast when he loses. Um, but you know, he he was the best word about it. He know he knows that you guys ass whooped. Uh, but luckily for him, he's still in it. You know, being four and six, he's right in the mix of things. You know, still has a playoff spot right now, but pretty much needs to win. You know, the last at least two I think games out of his three to make playoffs. Uh, so lots of work to be done in Holmanville. Uh, but ultimately, beat down week 10, got to get better next week. Going into two teams right here that really needed a win here, it was a 5-4 and four, 69ers featuring Nick and Madison going up against McGee's Human Centipede. It was the commissioner, Luke Boyd, getting that W, that 97.82 to 87.42 victory over Nasser. You know, a classic Monday night Luke win, you know, grinding out a 10-point victory. But credit to Luke, you know, he's now 6-4, and four, leading the East Division, trying to somehow get that second bye if uh, Lebo somehow loses a couple games. I don't think he will. But just in case, Luke is keeping himself uh, searching for that bye. And also, you know, almost securing himself, he, he might have secured himself a playoff spot with that victory. Uh, just looking at the, uh, the standings here, you know, going 6-4, and four, there's now... Uh, four, four and six is te- four and six teams with Nato, Coughlin, Nasser, and Ethan. So huge win for Luke. You know people have been downing his team all year. I've you know joined the bandwagon of the Luke Boyd uh, 69ers trending down. They are now trending up. You know they've won their last couple matchups here. They're hot, but he's now going into a matchup with the Saloons next week, where Boyd is trying to make a statement, beating beating the number one team this year in fantasy. Huge Thursday night matchup with DK Metcalf. 
uh, and Tyler Murray go up against Tyler Lockett. We will see what happens there. But going in, you know, the saloons, yeah, I've been going off. But I've, you know, teams that I'm playing have also been going off. I played a big Sam team that put up 130 points. Uh, I played, uh, besides last week uh, with Ethan Holman, you know, I beat a surging Nasser team that uh, put up 106. I only put up 110, so that was a battle. So it's not like teams aren't going, you know, aren't going in against me with their best. You know, I'm, I'm playing against streaking teams right now that are trying to make the playoffs uh, with, with a lot of desperation. So I have to bring it each week uh, in this league because there's just so many good teams that, you know, it's a lot of grinded out teams in this league, which is why it's the best team in the, you know, best fantasy league in the land because even if your team isn't the best, everyone brings it. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but ultimately, great win for Luke. Nasser's still right there at 4-6, uh, still holding uh, that five seed right now, but he's definitely in win mode, you know, in must-win mode because with, as I said, four teams being four and six, the playoff race is getting scary close, and he needs to keep uh, winning. So ultimately, huge win for Luke. Uh, Nasser needs to step it up next week with a huge matchup against Cough Daddy. Let's go to another matchup here. Uh, it's with my roommate Kyle Coughlin uh, going up against Nick Fernell last week where I knew it would be a barn burner, uh, but it turned out that, that Nato got that dub 109.04 to 57.68. Coughlin battling the injury bug this year. Can't seem to figure out. I don't think anybody can figure out the San Francisco running game. You know, McKinnon projected 15, only gives them five. Uh, Duke Johnson not doing shit, you know, when he's projected a lot of points. Michael Thomas just really being a burden on all fantasy teams right now. Two receptions for 27 yards. Uh, he He's going to need to step it up for Coughlin to have a chance down the stretch. But it's been frustrating because, you know, Hopkins goes off for 22. You know, that's finally a good week. He's been struggling the last couple weeks. But then you have Fulgham, who gives 1.3, who's actually been very good uh, for teams this year. And then you have a Philly D, who's projected two uh, in the league last week, going up against a shitty Giants team. Can't get to only get two fantasy points. A lot of tough, uh, you know, especially with, especially with Patty Mahomes being on bye. Such a tough matchup for Coughlin last week. It's a big daddy inch for three teams. That is four and six right now. Easily could be, you know, six and four or five and five if injuries aren't there. But he's four and six. Uh, he he was going up against the Nato team that was three and six, and he was now four and six. So Nato really needed that win. You know, he lost four in a row going into that. Uh, all I'll say is, you know, I've preached all year how you don't want to play Cough Daddy coming off a loss. He's playing. He's coming off a couple losses right now. You don't want to play Coughlin coming off multiple losses. That's all I'll say. You know he's four and six. He's in must-win mode right now. He's going up against a Nasser team next week that are both desperate for a win right here. It should be a good one, uh, but I think Coughlin's going to figure it out. He's a he's a team that has won the championship the last two years. I know I talk about it a lot. I know the league is tired of me talking about it. But I'm just, you know, I'm giving a team that, you know, I'm just giving a team some love that, you know, deserves it, you know, with having such a good last couple of years. It's, he's having a tough year this year right now, but he's still in it. You know, he, 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 he has a team that if his stars start performing, you don't want to play him down the stretch. Uh, but obviously the playoffs have started now. 
Uh, going up against Nasser next week, we will see the fate that Kyle Coughlin has. Fernando, it's the same. You know, his, his playoff started last week. We will, you know, he's in must-win mode right now. We will see if he can keep it going next week against a streaking Nick Pastuovic team. That's right. Into our last matchup of Week 10, big ticket Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun getting that 94.42 to 92.56 victory over Big Sam. Both teams setting their lineups last week. You know, there's a question if, you know, who if they're going to set their lineups in time. Uh, you know, with both having a lot of people on buys, but they both set them, you know, both showing what potential both these teams could have had earlier in the year if they just would have, you know, paid attention to injuries uh, and bye weeks. And you know what? They didn't get it at first, but they've now gotten it. Both teams now, three and seven. Pacific coming off a two-game winning streak here, going up against a, a, a Nato team desperate for a win. If... If Dan Fernandez, Vegas Sun can somehow win out, along with Big Sam, you know, both winning the last three weeks, these teams will probably make the playoffs. So this is probably the last week uh, that we'll be able to say everyone has a chance making the playoffs. Uh, but pretty much, you know, for the rest of the the year, that last seed isn't going to be determined till the last week. Uh, so, so some really exciting stuff seeing, you know, teams from the bottom still surging, you know, for that last spot. That's why six teams should be the amount of teams that make the playoffs in fantasy, I it's fair that four teams get to battle it out for last place. Way more fun having six teams. You know, what's the point? Uh, you know, I understand, you know, in the NFL, you know, obviously 60% of the teams aren't going to make it, but this is why we play fantasy football. It's why we play, uh, you know, everyone, you know, having hopes for that last spot, making it so that you're going to be into it for, you know, all uh, 13 weeks in the season. So, it's so exciting to see what's going to happen for the weeks to come. But before I get into next week's matchups, which I'm just so uh, horny to get into, um, I am going to do the week 10, end of week 10, uh, going into week 11 power rankings. And at number 10, we have Big Sam. Last week he was number 9, going up against number 10, Nick Postuovic. Um but it was Nick Pastuvic getting the win. You know, the revenge win from week one uh, against Big Sam. Uh, moving him into the number nine hole. So Big Sam and Ticket with the big flip-flop uh, from, from number nine to number ten. Uh, and that goes into number eight now. We have Big Daddy for three dropping in the rankings in number eight. Like I said, he's four and six along with three other teams. Uh, so one win next week, we'll flip-flop that. Uh, but for right now, it's Big Daddy for three at number eight, clinging for his last breath in the Fantasy Cup. At number seven, we have Nick Fernando. Huge win against Kyle Coughlin last week. Uh, moving him up in the rankings. Uh, you know, flip-flopping him with Coughlin. You know, so we've done a... A 9-10, to 10, a 7-8, to 8, you know, lots of head-to-head battles last week, which is why, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest week fantasy-wise, but it was a lot of, you know, head-to-head matchups that were just essential for the, you know, weeks to come. So, a flip-flop from number 8 to number 7 uh, for Mr. Fernando. At number 6, we have Ethan Holman. Holman uh, 
grasping for that sixth spot, still in it right now in the playoffs. You know, if he beats the Saloons next week, we're, we're talking uh, a possible 5-4 range. You know, maybe even number four, I think, uh, after Kleinhans has, has now lost four in a row uh, on the bailouts. Uh, but he lost. Uh, but he's still, you know, he's in the playoffs right now. So he's he, he's not sitting comfortably by any means. But ultimately, he is number six in the power rankings. At number five, we have the last four and six team. We have Mr. Mike Nasser, Human Centipedes. Uh, wasn't able to get the dub last week. Uh, but And has now lost two in a row, actually. Uh, but, you know, he's... He's right there. You know, he's come back. He was one and four in the league. Now four and six. Right there for the playoff or for that six and five seed. Uh, so, Nasser definitely in must-win territory. But he's right there sitting comfortably uh, in that five-six hole. At number four, we have the Dotson bailouts. The bailouts somehow, you know, luckily there's a lot of under 500 teams right now. So, he's... You know, sitting comfortably at number four. But he's lost four in a row. This is a team that was number one on the preseason rankings. You know, he dropped to number six. Went back up to number one after winning five in a row. Or four in a row, I should say. Uh, but now he's skidding. You know, he... he No, he actually did win five in a row. He won five in a row. And now he's lost four. Uh, so he's a team that's skidding you at the wrong time. He made that trade with uh, Minneapolis last week. Uh, which definitely helped him out a little bit, you know, in the quarterback position, but not so much uh, with uh, Boyd, you know, only giving him seven points, not a huge factor. Rodgers was his highest scoring player, so that's, you know, that's going to help, I think. Rodgers has been killing it this year. Uh, but just looking at his running backs, you know, yeah, R- Ronald Jones had a huge run last week, but other than that, you know, he wasn't able to get any, uh, any other production really out of his uh, any other guys on his team. They weren't able to get double digits besides Rodgers and Ronald. Uh, so he's going to need some other players to step up. Uh, or, you know, if he doesn't figure it out quickly, you know, we're going to be talking about will the bailouts make the playoffs. It might be one of the biggest collapses in Fickner Cup history. Uh, so keep your eye on the bailouts. I think they're going to get it together, though. Um, but they're going to have to figure it out soon. Otherwise, it's going to be too late for the bailouts. They're going to be bailing them way out. He, he's going to find his way out or, or bail himself out of the Fick Cup once again. Oh, not, not the Fit Cup, but the last place Freak Bowl Cup. At number three, we have Nick and Madison, Luke Boyd, at number, finding his way to the three hole. He's now six and four. You know, he's been doubted this year by many. Uh, you know, he's been trending downwards, but now he's trending up. You know, he's a team that has won two in a row now. He's, he's won them against head to head matchups that needed to be won. Uh, you know, a huge win over Nasser. Last week, you know, fighting for that division uh, title. Uh, and he's right there. You know, he's, you know, as much as people want to talk shit, he's he's going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's here. He's here for a battle. Yeah, he he grinds out victories, but he finds a way to win. Uh, and he's found himself the number three team in the week 10 going into week 11 power rankings. And number two, we have about that action. About that action. Still the best hype around the league. You know, coming off a loss uh, last week. Found a way to get it done this week. Uh, just a solid... God, this guy just puts up solid numbers. You know, each week, 
You know, people think, oh, is this the week that Bautista action is going to slip? No, he doesn't slip. You know, he's a solid team. He's confident in his team. Uh, he's a tough, he's going to be a tough out in the playoffs. He's obviously going for that. You know, he's he's in that bye right now. Uh, you know, it would take kind of a collapse for him not to get that bye. Um, but looks like he's going to be uh, sitting comfortably in that, you know, he's only one, you know, he's he's only one game back of the saloon. So if, if the saloon slipped the last few games, so he's going to be right there for the one seed. So Bowser actually having an awesome year, you know, huge breakout year uh, for Lebo. Love to see it. He is number two for the week 10, week 11 power rankings. And number one, we have Sukun's saloon. You know, the saloons this year really having just a magical year so far. I'm not going to go into any further details, but, you know, all I'll say is each week is a new week. You know, it, it's the playoffs in my mind every week. Uh, and so all, all I'm thinking about right now is trying to deviate a plan to beat Luke Boyd in week 11. You know, a lot of people need me to beat Luke, you know, those, those four and six teams uh, to bring him down and, and bring their playoff chances higher. I'm trying to do that for the for you guys this week. I'm trying to lead block you guys in the playoffs because fuck the commish, man, you know. No no one wants to see the commish, you know, succeed. So I'm I'm sorry, commish. I'm coming for you this week. Guns blazing. Thursday night. You better be there. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Going into the week 11 matchups here, you guys already know about the saloons taking on the 69ers. It's going to be a battle. Luke's going to be there. You know, he has a couple, you know, Low-key starts with Balage, you know, trying to sneak in a little 10 to 15 points there. He has Lockett Thursday night, which is always scary. Last time I played Lockett in the league, he put 40 on me. Um, so we'll see what he does. But it's going to be the Saloons getting the victory. You know, it, it's going to be hard fought, uh, but it's going to be the Saloons, a 118-108 victory over the 69ers. Another matchup here, this one could get ugly. We have about that action going up against Big Sam. Right now, uh, Big Sam's going to need to find a quarterback uh, as Josh Allen's on by. Oh, oh I, I just see that he picked up Baker Mayfield. So he's Baker Nation starting for him this year. I feel like Baker's been on Big Sam's team before. Uh, never worked out then. I don't know if it's going to work out now. The Browns are uh, winning games, but it's not like Baker's putting up huge fantasy numbers. Uh, so we'll see how this matchup goes. I'm calling a blowout by about that action. You know, I don't think Big Sam's uh, going to put up you know, enough of a fight. Uh, to really threaten about that action, who's just hot right now. So about that action with that 110-85 victory over Big Sam. Our third matchup here, we have Minneapolis Michael Putos going up against a streaking cha-cha-cha Vegas team right now. Uh, win- winning two in a row. Both teams in a must-win right now. Nato is 4-6. and six. Ticket is 3-7. and seven. But if Ticket wins, you know, going to 4-7... and seven, Realistically, if he wins out, he'll probably have a chance to make the playoffs. So Cha-Cha in Vegas has nothing to lose. Minneapolis right now really needing a win uh, to get to 5-6. and six. That would just be a huge boost for his odds to make the playoffs at the end. You know, Being 5-6 and six is a whole lot better than being 4-7. and seven. So I think Nato's going to get it done in grind-out fashion. I'm calling a close victory here. Cha-Cha has been liking to keep it close lately. Uh, but I'm predicting that uh, the Caputos is going to get... That 100-94 to win over Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun. For a fourth matchup here, we have Ethan Holman's team going up against the Dotson bailouts. 
It's going to be interesting here. Both teams needing a win. Holman 4-6. The bailout's 5-5. Five five. Could go either way in this matchup. But I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to ride with Holman here. I'm sorry, Klein Hands. I I hate to do it. You know, you're gonna hate me for listening to this and and seeing that I bring Holman to win. But Holman has some nice matchups next week with Jacksonville uh playing Ben Big Ben and the Steelers. You have Mike Davis going up against Detroit, McKissick going up against Cincinnati, uh Keenan Allen going up against the Jets. I mean, I love those matchups. And you know, right now, you know, with with your team, you really need uh, your receivers to produce, uh, you know, some Jerry Judy, Robbie Anderson magic. You need Kelsey to go off. A lot of things need to happen. It's going to be a close game, but it's ultimately going to be Ethan Holman's uh, slimies getting that 110-107 victory. For our last matchup here, we have maybe the matchup of the week uh, with the McGee's Human Centipede going up against Big Daddy 4-3. It's going to be a barn burner. There's no way around it. Both teams are grinded out teams. Uh, a lot going on for you know Russell Wilson on Thursday night. So huge matchup uh, for the Seahawks and the Cardinals along with Nashner and Coughlin. Uh, so the it starts Thursday night. You know, and Coughlin having DeAndre Hopkins going. You know, a lot of big big boys going on Thursday. You know, we got Murray and Metcalf going for the saloons. We have Lockett going. At, going for the 69ers. We have you know, Hopkins going for Big Daddy uh, and Russell Wilson going for McGee's. Huge matchups all around. I love that fantasy starts early on Thursday. Make it, It's good for the soul. Uh, but it, it's going to be Big Daddy for three getting that win. I'm sorry, Nasser. You know, both teams going in on two-game losing streaks. One bubble is going to have to burst. But it, it's going to be Big Daddy for three getting that lift from Patty Mahomes Sunday night. Uh... And getting that defense to stop Nasser on Monday night uh, when the Rams take on the Bucks. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope everybody has a good rest of your week. You know, football starts early on Thursday with a primetime matchup. It's so good to see a good matchup like the Cardinals and Seahawks compared to Browns Jets. Uh, so tune in on Thursday. Hopefully you have some fancy implications to keep you entertained. Maybe you're taking the over with Riddle Daddy. We don't know. But I'll see you guys next week, same time. Stay safe out there with COVID looming in the air. But football goes on, baby. Sports go on. Riddle Daddy, out.